and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. The first episode of September, if my calendar math suits me correctly or serves me correctly. I am the U86. I'm one of your three hosts, and I am joining you from an empty room. We are in the process of, of moving, as I think I mentioned last week. So if the sound is a little different, if there's a little bit of an echo, it's because there's no furniture here. It's literally just me, a computer, a microphone, a soundboard, and a litter box because we still have a cat. We're going to move with the cat. The cat's going to come with us. I am with uh, Nerd Bomber and Tactic as ever. How are you guys doing? You guys aren't moving. Your, your house is, you know, you're good. Yeah, we're staying put. We are not in an empty room. We still have piles of clutter all around us in our recording station. So, you know, we're ready to go. We have the non-echo battened down. Tactic, which by the way, yeah, we just, we've probably triggered a bunch of Amazon devices saying the word echo. I just picture Tectic kind of like surrounded by a mountain of partially constructed electronics. You would Tectic, not be that, incorrect. Yeah. I'd, it's it's unfortunately a true fact. I get really into a project and then I move on before the first project is ever complete. And so that is exactly what's surrounded by me. This surrounded by you. Wow. This may be a naive question, but like when I picture people, when I picture you tinkering, right? I picture soldering being involved. Do you get to that level ever where you're like actually soldering and like doing mad scientist stuff like Iron Man building his first suit and like Spider-Man, who, by the way, we'll get to later, building his web shooters. Is that your kind of thing? I do all my soldering in the garage, though, because it has better ventilation. Right. Have good ventilation for soldering people. Uh, but yeah. Be safe. Safety first. Typically, if, if you want to know how the sauce is made, typically what I'll do... I do is I'll breadboard it up, which is just you kind of push everything into sort of like a pin cushion of circuitry, right. um, if you don't know what that is. And then when I get it working and good, then I'll solder it into a prototyping board permanently so that I can invert it and do all sorts of weird things and it won't fall out of place. I was really excited because this past week, I managed to uninstall my smart thermostat, which we're going to be taking with us, and reinstall my old thermostat without electrocuting myself and also so such that the air conditioning still worked because if it didn't work we'd probably no longer be alive now yeah you wouldn't electrocute yourself that's just 12 volts i think it's hot guys if we if our air conditioning doesn't work i wouldn't be here so be glad that i accomplished a home improvement project on my own successfully for once i mean it's, it's a miracle uh and as a result i'm here with nerd bomber and tactic today to talk to you about all things gamescom this is going to be a little bit of a different episode we're going to be dwelling pretty heavily on gamescom it was a big event i think it was like four or five days over the past weekend there's a lot to dive into a lot of new announcements a lot of trailer footage a lot of big updates about games we've heard of so a lot to dive into there feels a lot like e3 yeah uh, mi- i would i want to say mini e3 but like not that many like almost as big an event as e3 so there's a lot to dive into and we're also going to talk about spider-man no way home which the trailer came out for last week i believe it was like the most viewed like the first 24 hours it was like the most viewed video in 24 hours like ever like it it was viewed more times than endgame was the trailer for endgame was it's like it's such a hyped thing like people have been talking about the no way home trailer for forever well especially after that leak yeah that too and yeah all the hype around old characters coming back the multiverse which we're going to get into all this later but it's just it's very hyped so it serves a decent chunk of the episode so two news topics today the usual what we're up to and then the quiz which will be hosted by me as i emerge triumphant from our previous quiz which was actually a a, a three-person quiz effort 
but we'll get to that later. Let's get into Gamescom now, and we're going to kind of go, I don't want to say rapid fire. We have a list of games in front of us. I think there's like 10 or thereabouts. Not all the games, of course. We can't cover everything. It's such a big event. And we want to be able to dive into a little into some of these with a, a decent amount of detail. So perhaps one of the bigger headliners, Halo Infinite, release date, December 8th, 2021. That was, I think, announced at Gamescom. So that's big. It's coming this year. Uh, limited edition hardware also announced in conjunction with a really really cool trailer so if there's one thing halo does well i mean i'm not a huge halo guy like i first of all, i'm off the xbox train but like i think halo is a, i missed the boat in a manner different than pokemon where like pokemon i missed the boat and i wanted to halo i missed the boat and i wanted so badly to be on the boat but i, I didn't have an xbox you were younger I've had Halo parties and like I've had land parties where you play Halo and goof around. I feel like that doesn't really count. Like I played the can- the campaign of Halo 1, but I haven't played any of the other campaigns even though on paper I should absolutely love it. But with that said, if there's one thing that Halo does consistently well that I am kind of aware of, it's cinematic trailers. Like I'll never forget one of my favorite video game trailers ever, which is not this one. This one was really good, but Halo Reach had a cinematic trailer that was actually like live action and it was absolutely incredible. And they're on their game here. This was a cinematic trailer that basically, you know, it showed, I don't want to spoil anything because it's kind of a long trailer. It's cool to see it happen, but the birth of a Spartan, I guess is what I'll call it. And I don't mean that in a literal sense. I more mean it as you kind of get a, a vision into the past of, what appears to be one of the main characters in Halo Infinite in a really, really, really cool way. So this was cool. I mean, I think with Halo 2, you know, and why the trailer has to be the way it is, is you know what you're getting with Halo. As far as gameplay goes, there's not much of an, there's not much new stuff to show. And if there is, they've already shown it. I think at E3, they had some gameplay. This is a hype reel. And this is just saying, hey, this story is still going on and it's still good and it can still be captivating. And here's how. And I think they nailed it. But I don't know. I mean, what did you guys think of this one? I mean, my initial reaction. So this was a multiplayer trailer. And first of all, I think this is the first time we've really seen like a multiplayer story. For the most part, Halo multiplayer has just kind of existed and not really needed a reason to be. Like if you think about it, like there's been competitive Halo. I mean, Halo land parties for all time. There's never really been a story behind Halo's multiplayer And this is something new that they're kind of adding in where there's going to be seasons now and you're going to have kind of like a thread line to follow throughout the multiplayer season. And I don't almost like destiny because didn't destiny have the same sort of thing. Exactly. And I think the reason why they're probably doing that, like I'm not convinced that it necessarily needs a story in multiplayer. And honestly, the season aspect of multiplayer games like really stresses me out because I just don't have time for that. But I think the reason they're doing it is because, you know, Halo multiplayer is going to be free for the first time. So if you have something like a thread line for people to follow, it'll keep them coming back more consistently. If you have a new season, a new story, it might pique people's interest to come back. So like, I get it, but I'm still a little bit disappointed that we didn't see any of the new like campaign gameplay because I know you kind of missed the boat on that, but I actually did too. You know, I had only really played Halo multiplayer. And then a few years ago, I think when the Master Chief Collection came out and was like solidly patched because that that had like a rocky start. It was a great jumping on point after they patched it, it seemed like. We played couch co-op through all of the games where you could do that. I know what was a Halo 5 didn't have couch co-op, but you know, 
we kind of started playing through them and kind of like I did with gears because I wasn't originally on the gears train either. That was something I caught right. up on later in life when I was in college with Tectic. And, you know, I I just want to see now more of the campaign. Right. I found this story beat particularly interesting simply because how a Spartan is made is not simply you recruit and join up and, and so it is. It's they basically raise you starting from the age of five or six years old and augment your skeleton and your muscles and and train you to be this brutal survivor, unstoppable force. And so it's kind of interesting to see someone sort of older become a Spartan. And the reason why that's interesting is the reason why it's ideal to take a five or six-year-old because they take to all these treatments. So there could be a an incredible amount of heart behind this character because potentially going through all of those procedures is a lot harder on an already fully developed person. And so right. totally, I'm intrigued to see how that kind of plays with the Spartan lore. It's also kind of yeah. neat to get a character outside of like Master Chief and Cortana. And I know like they tried to do this a little bit with like Halo 3 ODST and they had that whole, it was like a live action miniseries. I think it was a web series or something like Forward Unto Dawn where it was like a live action look at the Spartans and getting away from like Master Chief and all that. And I find that really cool because Halo is, and we talked about this last week with, you know, the Star Wars universe and everything. I feel like there's a lot more to Halo and the world of Halo than what we typically get. Like, we follow Master Chief, but there's so much more going on in this world. It can be, yeah, it can be. The world is there. The world has been built such that more characters can inhabit it than, than functionally do for players, right? And... You know, with this whole when I, when I hear free to play multiplayer and I hear seasons, I think Fortnite because I, I think Fortnite was they were one of the ones who were like we're going to do the seasons thing and they do it in a different way than Destiny. I want more of like a Destiny thing where Destiny you get a lot of the flavor from the single player campaign, but a lot of the multiplayer campaign has story elements built cooked into that, and I think you want to do that. You want to that's a good way to give Halo fans more than the same old thing. Like I said before. Halo multiplayer especially is just it's the same thing every time and it's great it's really tight and dialed in it's it's perfect but you need to give people something else you need to give them more especially in this you know the state of the industry right now you need to draw them in and this is a great way to do that so I thought that it's cool to see that they're kind of branching that whole story aspect into multiplayer I hope more games kind of do that as well which is a great idea Uh, a lot more development work for them which is why it hasn't happened but it may be worth the effort I think I want to I want to jump around uh, I guess stick to uh tried and true franchise and talk about Call of Duty Vanguard for a second because Call of Duty is one of those it's I think in a similar camp where in a lot of ways they do the same thing every time right and they've they've added a lot of bells and whistles to it you know since like Call of Duty 2 which is kind of where I jumped in but I think Vanguard the extended look at the campaign we got which was single player and it was really just walking you through a mission it was old school Call of Duty to me, and I mean that in the best possible way. It was Call of Duty 2 with really, really sharp graphics, some more nuance to the gameplay, climbing through things, and you know, making it feel so much more like you're there than you could ever feel when on the Xbox 360. And I was really into this, I, to the point that I was surprised. Call of Duty to me, I've written it off largely as a franchise lately, whether or not I should have. But this was sharp footage, and I was kind of taken in by it to the point that you know i would buy back in i i think they need to offer people a jumping back in point people like me and 
this looks poised to do that in, in such a way that like you're not going to have all the modern advanced warfare uh i don't want to call it nonsense but like there is kind of a, a story thread that winds through all of those as far as i understand it no give me a clean slate i want to get in on vanguard i want to get back to world war ii i want to get back to the thing that made you great in the first place so i was really into this I couldn't agree more. World War II was exactly where I jumped in as well, specifically on the PSP, actually. And there, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. The uh, the story coupled with the, you know, none of this, this out-of-this-world technology, just classic shooting game, solving a little bit of history. And it was just, that was their bread and butter. And I loved seeing this. I couldn't have been more excited about seeing that again. I weirdly, and I don't know if it was just the pacing of it, kind of slowing it down, because, you know, going through the story of the main character here was Polina, um, and she was supposed to be a sniper. So obviously, you know, it's like slower paced gameplay. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, it kind of slowed down the presentations and I was coming off of like, you know, one after another of kind of quick cinematic trailers, but something about it was very slow. And I don't know exactly what it was. And it might just be, and honestly, I definitely recommend if you want to jump back in the Call of Duty train. And I know Activision is kind of like a faux pas right now because of all the stuff going on there. But Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War also had a really good campaign. And that felt a little bit more, it still had like that tight old school gameplay. It didn't have any of the crazy like advanced warfare, wall jumping and jetpack nonsense because obviously this was like the cold war but the story and everything felt super like just fast paced and tight and something about this just seemed a little bit slower and i don't know that's not necessarily a bad thing but for me like the pacing something was off black ops was a great campaign i think i think black ops was the last one i played all the way through which everyone i I played black ops i don't think i played modern warfare 3 that might have been where i jumped off i played modern warfare 2 i played black ops i played pretty much all of them up to that point and they were all great. And I'm sure the campaigns, by and large, are still great. But there is a point where, whether it's a perception or a reality, it seems like it jumped the shark and got a little out of hand. And, like, you know, I'm sure the multiplayer still has, like, nukes and, like, drones. and But, like, in World War II, in, in the World War II era, I, I want them to go back to some extent to just, like, okay, you have a, a rifle that shoots, you know, five rounds every ten seconds, or if that make that work and it's not it's not like you have the fanciest coolest gun that has all these attachments on it no it's you have an iron sight make that work like i think there's something really attractive about taking that simple model and making it look really really darn good with this next gen hardware and and rolling with that and yeah amidst other flashy trailers it was a little bit more subdued i will totally agree on that but it was in a way that i think resonated with me personally which again surprised me this one is November 5th, 2021. This is right around the corner. So Call of Duty fans rejoice if this was something you were into. Maybe it's, maybe, you know, fans of the franchise themselves, given what they've had for the past few years, maybe they hate this. I, I, I don't actually know, but I responded positively to it. So I wanted to mention that. Again, also in the interest of like, that was a big deal and uh, from a known franchise. I'm going to kind of keep going in that order, so to speak, looking at big franchises that we already know about or had already previously heard about something that's been dormant for a while. Now saints row is interesting because I only ever played the original demo of saints row on Xbox 360. Oh, was this like a demo disc deal? It was not a demo disc. I got it off Xbox live, but it was just delightful. 
it was absolutely delightful one like cornerstone memory for me of like gaming when i was a kid because this was like i was like in high school probably at this point maybe not even that and we downloaded the demo and it was definitely one of those games where like if if our mom knew we were playing she'd be like don't play that <laughs> because it's like it's not even it, it like saints row the first saints row was kind of like grand theft auto but it was very like i remember my older brother i was watching him play and he was like go- doing some kind of mission that came with the demo and he was reading the text on the screen and he was like go get the hoss from the bar and it was spelled h-o-s it was hose guys it was supposed to say hose <laughs> but he said hoss because i don't know we just we weren't familiar with the term or something i'll never forget that and it, it had this like it had this energy of like i don't even know it was different than grand theft auto and it was so much fun it was a little bit cartoony and now you know i, I lost the thread of saints row i know there was saints row 2 there was many other saints row renditions after that but it started lying dormant after that. I think 2013 was when it dropped off the map. Now it's coming back with a new release date, February 25th, 2022, with something that looks much more cartoony. And I don't know. I wasn't into this one. It was a cool trailer. They're clearly laying down a lot of groundwork to come back hard. But it was very... And I see you wrote this in our show notes here, Nerd Bomber. I don't want to steal this from you, but it's true. It was fortnite yeah. It definitely gave me Fortnite vibes, and I don't mean that in a good way. I don't think you did either. That's I, don't, I doubt that's what Saints Row fans want, but I guess I don't also really know what Saints Row fans want because I haven't really played the franchise beyond the demo disc, so I'm not sure I'm qualified. But it was just very like it was it was out of control a little bit. They were like riding on rooftops at one point. There was the giant explosion. It was just there's muscly guys. There's, there's a lot going on. I don't know. I don't know See, what your read on this was. This was just too much for me. Where I'm at is. You know, the trailer was pretty exciting. There was, like you said, it was a, it was a little Fortnite-y for sure in, in the animation style, especially that helmet. Yeah, very but over the top. It's tough for me to really kind of say yay or nay without seeing any kind of gameplay footage. That's that's the thing that's going to do it for me. And until I until I see that, I just I, I can't really make a call either way. Yeah. It's also, it also gave me a little bit of like, and Tactic, you've played this game. It reminded me a little bit of Watch Dogs Legion of like trying to be snarky and smarmy and stuff. yeah and like we're gonna be ridiculous but also yeah exactly like kind of smart alecky and like i don't know like every character is better than you but also you can play as an old lady i finished that game to the end really ah must have been good then that's not something you do (laughs) see it's nuts for me like I, I don't know. I have like mixed emotions on this one. So I've never actually played a Saints Row game. I own them. I just never got around to playing them. And I thought this looked fun. Like I thought it. I was also getting like Sunset Overdrive type vibes. And that game was a lot of fun. You know, just cartoony, out of this world kind of craziness. You know, this trailer had laser battles, crazy car chases. They said there was like an open sandbox to explore. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, this is a series reboot. So as a newcomer, it seemed fun and exciting. I'm sure, like you said, people who have been entrenched in this franchise, seeing it more, like, kind of grittier and more, I, I don't want to call I, it I mean, streetwise, but, like, yeah. maybe they're not responding well. And I know I've seen some of that reaction on Twitter and Reddit. You know, hardcore fans of the franchise are just a little bit like, what is this? But, yeah. you know, it might be fun. Yeah. So Saints Row, I believe... It's named after there's a gang called the Saints and you're you're a gang and like you're going around doing gang stuff. Yeah. Picking up haws from bars. <laughs> That's what you're doing. And like this is not that. They've basically 
they have kids techie little kids who are trying to have some like dark illicit startup tech oriented and that's kind of weird to me They're, they've moved and, and you know and maybe again like i don't want to i'm hedging a little bit like maybe saints row did become this in subsequent games but the first game definitely wasn't like this so what i don't want to see even as someone who's removed from the franchise and not even really a fan like i don't want to see a franchise come back and be like oh we're going to be something totally different and just stick the name saints row on it and the fans will come back. Like, that doesn't do anybody any good. I know you're particularly worried about that with Dead Space on the horizon. Yeah, for sure. And one also, like, a name that has already been bastardized, which, why don't we transition away from this and over to Metroid Dread, which, you know, I... I this is a different one. This is a little different, because actually Metroid Dread's probably closer to the roots of Metroid than Metroid Prime was. But... That's why I it's, love this game and why I keep getting upset every time you 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 crap all also, over it. This is this is what I fell in love with when it came to the Metroid games. I have to say, this hit me right this time. Attaboy. This hit me in such a way. This hit me in a like I I will buy this way. I've never finished a Metroid side scroller because by the way, they're hard. The old Metroid games are like they're pretty so hard. hard. Best one was Metroid Fusion, just throwing it out there, folks. I believe I I, I started Super Metroid I never finished it because I would I just like got stuck. Like it's just for it's it's very similar. Like Metroid Prime is based on those side scroller games in that it's a Metroidvania. You go to certain places, you get new upgrades, you have to go back to other places. There's a lot of like retracing your steps. Yeah, you you have to really think about it in in two D mode for some reason. That is so much harder, and I don't know. It just my brain can't wrap around it the same way. If I don't have three D environments to look at, I can't piece together where I need to go as easily. It may be like a map design thing. I have no idea. But I think Metroid Dread, if only because of graphical capability and things that are going around in the going on in the background of the 2D, like I think they're going to beat that. And I think also this gameplay looks really sharp. Like I, I have to admit, I was like, oh, and there's a lot of it looks like there's a lot of cinematics kind of placed in that give me something a little bit closer to Metroid Prime that I want. So I think this might be a winner. Like, will I spend 60 bucks on this? Eh, I'm going to wait, probably. But will I eventually play it and maybe like it? Yeah, I think so. And in this, by the way, not long to wait, October 8th, 2021. So this is like coming up really soon. I think this was great footage. I think it was, it, it sold me. Uh, it definitely sold me. So that's See? what, I don't know if that's what they wanted to do. I'm not their target audience maybe, but I'm there. It didn't really do much for me. And I feel like I'm going to draw the ire of a lot of our listeners. I, I see you, Stephen. I know you're sad. <laughs> Usually I do that, but yeah, go ahead. But I just, I've never played a Metroid game. And I think something closer to Metroid Prime, like you said, like 2D side-scrollers, I used to play them all the time. And lately, like, I just don't have the patience for them. The They've fact never been my thing. They're not, like, I get so stressed because they're just hard. And there's, I just, sometimes I just want to sit down and play a game. And I don't know if this is going to be my end to the Metroid series, unfortunately. On handheld, they're great. Oh, which, yeah. like, I know, I know Switch is technically handheld, but, like, give me a break. I'm like Game Boy. I tried to get the listeners to convince me to buy a Switch Lite for this exact purpose. But they said that I should be responsible with my money. One of the hardest games I've ever played and I've never beat is a side-scroller called Donkey Kong Country. What? And, yeah, have you ever beat Donkey Kong Country? The game's impossible. I'm going to like keep, I'm gonna give you a medal if you have. The game's insanely hard. Dude, side-scrollers in general, like, go back to when we were kids, and this was all we played. Like, side-scrollers were basically all we had. 
And yeah. the patience that we had, insane. Just grounded out. So They're so punishing. They're so punishing. I want to point out oh. two things that was specifically introduced in this. We got introduced to the real big bad, not the robot thing, the real big bad. That's exciting for a number of reasons. One, it was a perfect adversary against Metroid or Samus. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's Samus. You, did you call her Metroid? Yeah, so? that's, why I, that's why I corrected it. Um, and two, I'll bet you that this thing is going to be a new fighter has appeared in Smash because the combat's going to be similar for sure. And that's like what Nintendo does. And that's what they do. Yeah, no doubt. Three, the whole gameplay of the Metroid games is basically you're introduced to the bad guy early on. And as you play the game, you get all the upgrades and, and you're everything them, yeah, through your suit to where all of a sudden you're at the level where you can now take them on. And so this that alluded to this, that some, some sort of catalyst is going to happen where you get a power up that saves you and then you can go on and take, take on the big bad later on. So this game is staying true to its roots. I'm pulled in. I'm for it. I just got to buy a Switch Lite when uh, it seems appropriate. Right. And if, if, there's, if there's one thing we can get behind on this podcast, it's fiscal irresponsibility. So whatever you have to do, keep it, keep us updated. So let's, let's move on now. I think we've hit the like, really high profile stuff. Let's move into some, I don't want to call them indies because they're not, but like kind of darker horses. And we can kind of go around. I want to mention a game that's actually already out that caught my eye. I did not know it was out that like, I'll probably buy this on the Switch. Hypercharge Unboxed. This is Small Soldiers, the game, which like, when I saw this trailer, I was like, we may have talked about this on the podcast before and I just forgot about it, but it looks amazing. It looks like you're just, you're small soldiers. It's, it's a shooter. It's, it appears to be it's a shooter a with friends. Yeah. PVE. And you're just, you can customize basically an action figure that you play as and you shoot other toys. It's like, it. I think it takes, like, there's something to be said for taking the shooter gameplay style, which is undeniably fun, and, and like, taking the actually violent aspect out of it, I think it's just very pleasing, because you feel, you feel better about playing it. And that, like, right, maybe so a gonna, conscious or a subconscious thing, but yeah. Feel we're going to make a blood them. pact right here, right now. If you so buy I said it, I'll buy non-violent, it. and you said blood pact. <laughs> blood pact. If you buy it, I'll buy it. Now, doesn't a blood pact, don't we have to, like, cut our hands open and shake hands yeah i'm not gonna do that i'll do yeah, a virtual like, pact that's nasty man uh yeah pinky swear next time i see you guys in person which may be a while but pinky swear i love a good pinky swear well by then you'll have either bought it or not so if you buy it we'll buy it i get the critical question that i don't know the answer to is what is the price because i, w- I don't want to spend 60 dollars on it again i doubt it is let me google it well, i mean quick. This is an indie game, and one of the things that actually impressed me, so after I saw this, I was like, initially, like, this looks like Toy Story. There's a bunch of different environments, and it just looks super cool. But then I, like, started digging into it, and did you know this game was actually made by five individuals? Like, I'm not talking about, like, five individual teams. Like, literally just five people put this game together. And I don't know, like, we were talking about this last week. I just think that's super dope. This game has obviously gotten, like, on the Gamescom platform, it's gotten a decent amount of attention. Built by five people. How neat. This game cost $20. Oh, definitely. The, the, the this pri- is a purchase. The, the price is right. Yeah, the price is right on this one. On the Switch. I don't know. On and it's filled it with nostalgia. And it's just, ugh, it just hits all the right buttons, folks. Yeah, there's a lot to like about that one. 
for sure. It's just it just seems wholesome in a way, even though it's still you're shooting stuff. It just seems wholesome. Okay, well, it sounds like we're all in agreement on that one. Let's talk about Giants Uprising because this was another interesting one. This was Dude, yes. so. This takes the the cake for me. Most visually stunning. Like it was clear that some the front office folks at this development company, which I don't know what it is off the top of my head, came to the to the devs and were like, okay. We want a trailer that dis- that displays your penchant for making really realistic, destructible environments. Because that was like, there were so many like, just a bunch of bricks falling everywhere. Really beautifully done. This was probably the most graphically impressive trailer that I saw, personally. And that includes Call of Duty Vanguard, which I thought was also very impressive. I as mean, far as what it is, it's, you're a giant and regular sized people are messing with you. That seems like that's, t- as far as I can tell, that's the gist. Which, you know. Here's the story. Oh. Humans are dicks that's what i love about this concept though like this is one of my this is one of the things that i walked away with so basically from the trailer you know you're a giant and a bunch of humans come at you and they try to like capture you and then you obviously like you escape and you come at them and from all of the different like fairy tales and all the fantastical stories and lore usually you think of like the giant is the bad guy and you're always put in the headspace of a human facing down a giant and you're the hero trying to take down this big thing and usually you know in all of these stories giants are just living their life you know they're not really doing anything you're the human coming in like invading their territory i'm just glad they finally made shrek the video game (laughs) funny do you see how big his hands are because he's a giant like everything's big he's a giant his hands are massive like out of proportion with the rest of his body. That's cool. You're gonna have you're gonna get to play as a character with giant hands and like be giant. I, yeah, I just like it's a really simple concept. He gets to be the concept. bad guy. Like I just think that's so cool. You're flipping the script. But is he not also just misunderstood? Exactly. Yeah, you know, like guy. that's what I love. Yeah. I love all these games where you kind of get in the the mindset of the villain. Like we, I feel like we don't really get enough of those games. I'm always talking about how I love those games. And it's just there's something cool about kind of like bucking that archetype and seeing, you know, the bad guy maybe is not that bad. And I mean, obviously, some bad guys are just bad. Like, we don't want to get into the nitty gritty, like absolving all bad people in history of their crimes. But like in fantastical stories, giants aren't necessarily the bad guys. So like Wicked, it's it's like the Wicked perspective where where they were just misunderstood. Love it. Yeah, that was a good one. We're, we're, boy, we're running long already, but let's, there's more we have to hit. So let's rapid fire some of these. Severed Steel. This is very arcade. This is like, you're running, you're bullet time, you're running around, you're shooting stuff. Very cool, very slick. Reminded uh, very me of much like my thing. Ghost Runner and Super Hot. I've also seen a lot of comparisons to Mirror's Edge and it looked cool. Yeah. Very have you much played my Ghost thing. Runner? Never played Ghost Runner. Uh, did play super hot VR and I was like, this is awesome. And it looks, it looks like kind of visually minimalist like that, but there's also a lot going on. There's a lot of shooting, a lot of things you have to dodge and you're kind of like parkouring It's it looks really slick and very easy to play. So I was into that. That comes out September 20, September 17th, 2021 on PC and before the end of 2021 on consoles. Not sure when beyond that big one we haven't mentioned yet marvel's midnight suns of course this is marvel ip so that's a big deal in and of itself but this is more of a tactical rpg this is from the xcom folks so from what i know of xcom not my thing at all 
but I don't know. It's yeah, cool. <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's top down strategy. Like it's troop management. You know, you, you have a character, but you also then are like raising other characters up in your ranks and you're sending them off on missions. And it's very turn based from there. You know, you move like three spots over and then you attack an enemy. And I, so again, not, this isn't really my cup of tea either. Like I've played XCOM a little bit. I played Gears Tactics a little bit. Like they're fine. I don't seek them out though. Like, I don't know. I like to turn yeah, my see, brain I off know, sometimes. <laughs> I know it's not my thing. <laughs> but like, I think it's cool that Marvel is branching out. And even just in terms of game type, like the characters that they're picking here, it's not your well-known Avengers and X-Men. And yes, they're was in here Ghost too. Was that Ghost Rider or was it somebody else? Ghost Rider was in here. Yeah. And okay, it's I just, wanted to make sure. It's cool to me that they're getting, you know, not necessarily the mainstream characters and properties and putting them on stage like they have such a big stable of characters and properties and things to draw from and i just love the fact that they're getting experimental here and even besides the the gameplay which again also not my cup of tea the trailer just looked badass it was a fantastic trailer For they sure. fooled me yeah. they fooled me with xcom with that fantastic trailer too and i was like i don't like this style of gameplay right <laughs> yeah you yeah you, you definitely you wouldn't know from watching the trailer that like you're going to be moving people into places and like yeah it's very tactical which it doesn't sound like it's any of our things which is why we're kind of putting it here in the back half of this discussion i guess now okay synced off planet i think this is one that we've talked about before it, it was very familiar to me watching this it was a one minute long story trailer that confused me a little bit in the sense that it seems like you are technologically upgraded humans in a post-apocalyptic world where the robots that you built kind of took over but now they're helping you against what i don't know well i think they like have implanted chips and somehow it like managed to take over some people and like do something with their particles brains and like rearrange their matter or something so you're just trying to like keep it together for humanity until you can get off the planet this like it's a kind of generic sci-fi story what i liked about it though was like it felt very double a and yeah hey you know i love stumping for double a bring double a back I love me some double A. It's a little early to tell what exactly this is going to be. And the story does seem a little bit generic, but there's definitely potential, I think, is maybe where we can leave this one. I don't think we know enough yet. Uh, There's no hard release date on it. It was just kind of, hey, this is still going on. (laughs) I think it's kind of what the trailer was supposed to tell us. So So we'll, we'll, we'll see more. Yeah, go ahead. I have engineer brain to my own detriment. And even if the plot and everything's good, if the technology doesn't at least seem to track like i i enjoy star trek because the technology kind of tracks it would, throughout its whole history it it kind of tracks where you're like okay that's believable i could not grasp what was going on with matter in this one and until i can kind of fathom what the heck they were talking about this one's going to be a tough sell for me i don't know man that's that's a tall order for them based on what we see in the trailer just kind of stuff being synthesized i mean they even i think the character even says at one point like once they started manipulating matter it was all over something like that oh, so yeah. i don't say the how technology that technology has to be knows. possible i'm just saying it has to make sense and of some extent and yeah there needs to be some kind of jargony explanation for it we'll see what they give us in that regard i don't even know how to pronounce this one Doki Doki v. V. i don't <laughs> i will take this i don't get it because i don't think anybody yeah, understands this i don't you're skateboarding you're fighting monsters i yeah so, talk away i don't the trailer is super entertaining 
And it didn't really tell you what you were really doing. Like, you have a bunch of gadgets, you fight a bunch of monsters. So I went to the, the little description, and a base, basically the developer, Prolibus, is saying it's an upcoming creature-collecting open-world action adventure. Sound familiar? Because it should. But, like, this isn't Pokemon. No, this one, you're a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> right. So It's not Pokemon, I know. It's clearly different than that, but, like, from that synopsis, it's Pokemon. Yeah, like, it kind of looks, like, in terms of the synopsis, sure, but it's... When you watch the trailer. The trailer, there's so much going on, like, you're yeah, skateboarding. Not, I, I, it's, like, a long trailer, too. It's, like, five minutes, if I remember yeah. correctly. And you're just, the whole time, you're just, like, what? Slow like, down. Tell me what this is. It looked really compelling, though. Like, all of the gadgets, and, like, it seemed like there was a lot of platforming, and even the graphics, like, they were very cartoony, but a lot of the landscapes in the background actually looked pretty photorealistic, Maybe not entirely, but like, I don't know. And the battles seemed fun. I don't know what the objects were of the game, but like it, it didn't tell me anything, but yet told me just enough to pique my interest. And now I kind of want it. So from a plot standpoint, yes, I agree. Pokemon vibes all the way. From a gameplay standpoint, I got Sonic vibes. And, and before you go say, what now? Hear me out. The movement was very fluid and fast. When you would attack the monsters, the monsters you were attacking were never the monsters that were helping you. So similar to Sonic, when you would blow up one of Eggman's robots and the little like creatures come out, that's what I think is going to happen here. I think you, you bust open these robotic monster things and then like happy monsters come out and those are your pals. And so I'm going to say Sonic meets Pokemon meets Sunset Overdrive. That is this game. I'm very story driven. So when you find out what this is, let me know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, it's, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's just like, as far as the appeal for me goes, if I'm going to buy a game and play it, I need to know what it is. And I don't know what this is yet. It is fairly clear what Outlast Trials is, which is Outlast, but more. Like, which like, sure. I, I don't know. I felt very, very middling on this one in the sense that like, it looks like more of what they did. Well, a little different. Which, like they returned to bit. the you know the insane asylum theme because like that was where the first game started and then they backed but away from the second game. But, but now you're not it's a, more a like journalist, right? Now it looks yeah. like you're a patient in some kind of experiment, and they added like saw vibes and maybe some like portal vibes, like the overseer type thing. You know what I mean? And there's right. co-op now, so like. Uh, my initial reaction is obviously like hell no you're never gonna play this yeah but maybe with like four player co-op i don't know i can't manage two controllers at once (laughs) right exactly it's 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 not worth it man uh that that comes out sometime in 2022 as far as we can tell to finish things out uh tactic there was one that you specifically wanted to talk about which i watched the trailer for and i definitely understood cult of the lamb wow what a premise you're a sacrificial lamb who I guess comes back to life or isn't actually sacrificed and builds a cult following amongst a lot of woodland creatures. Is that a fair, like it's, yeah, Yeah, this looks, (laughs) this looks fun because it looks cute and it's nerd bomber called it demonic animal crossing. It's deeply, right. It's deeply troubling how cute it is. And one of the premises, yeah, you, you, you start your own cult following, but you also have to sacrifice people to keep yourself going. And so, right. There's a bunch of that. It's cute, but it's also disturbing. And you tend to your farm and land and 
what is this game? It's it's everything. You have to know who to sacrifice, who to have worship you, and who do you, who do you have like who do you possess? Because it looks like you can possess some animals. There's a lot going on. Part dungeon crawler, part Animal Crossing, I guess is like what it looks like, which is very interesting as an idea. It's uh, unique. I don't know if it's my I mean, thing, but where else yeah. is there other games like this? I think the answer is nowhere. Nerd bomber, your take? I think. So initially I kind of wrote it off and then Tectic was like, I want to talk about this. This looks really great. And I watched it again and I was like, I started seeing all of the Animal Crossing-esque things and I was like, this is really dark, but also I'm kind of compelled to play this because it just seems insanely silly and crazy and like you guys said, there's nothing else like this. Yeah, you're not going to find anything like it anywhere, which is a good place for us to cap the Gamescom discussion. I mean, there's a lot... Again, there's a lot we didn't get to. Uh, there's a lot of unique stuff, a lot of indie stuff, a lot of AAA stuff, even some AA stuff, as we talked about with Synced Off Planet. So feel free to take a look at all the games that were announced or teased or other such things. And uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what we missed, what you want to talk about, what you want to talk about more that we already did talk about, whether our opinions are wrong. You know the drill. At OW at Lee 86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber in our main show account, at Online Warriors 1 is where you can hit us up and uh, of course we're gonna go to a break now and come back to talk about spider-man but before we do i would be remiss if we did not shout out our patreon producer mr steven keller steven take a bow you are a valiant oh there it is that's we just clapped and we we can turn it on like that it sounds like 30 people clapping and we start <laughs> and stop instantly so you're welcome a talent of ours and we'll, we'll continue to use it for you my friend steven supports us as a knight uh, at our round table he supports us on patreon at the highest of our three tiers of support and as a result he gets this producer shout out he gets input into our weekly game segment and he of course gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog in addition to the occasional guest spot which he just did with us last week uh, so if you want to be a knight well, you do want to be a knight. You want to be like Steven. Uh, you can also be a squire, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. And for more of the details on all of those things, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We're going to take a short break now and we'll come back to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you can get pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Me personally, I love their taco dishes. They're usually a chicken fajita meal, and they are fantastic. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Online Warrior podcast listeners, I want to take a few seconds of your time just to promote Xbox Taverns podcast. It's an Xbox-centric podcast with news, reviews, as well as the five of us talking about all things Xbox. We're from the UK, would love to get in your ears. Search Xbox Tavern on your best podcast app. And you can also head over to xboxtavern.com where we've got our latest reviews as well as some opinion pieces. Go check it out. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, Spider-Man No Way Home. The moment we've all been waiting for. The trailer is here. We got a lot of Doctor Strange. We got a lot of Spider-Man. We got a little bit of Doc Ock at the end. Spoiler alert. Alfred Molina is back. No sign of Toby. Makes me upset. No sign of Andrew Garfield, uh, but a lot to dissect. So I, I think all of us are going to see this. It's not, it's not a question of, are you going to go see this? Do you think this looks good? I think it looks phenomenal. There's a lot to unpack in terms of multiverse stuff. There's a lot to unpack in terms of, is that actually Doctor Strange? Which I think we're going to get into a little bit. I've seen, I've seen a lot of kind of, there's a lot of fan stuff swirling around, a lot of fan theories. Some people think that you can see Daredevil in the trailer at one point. Some people think you can hear James Franco in the voiceover at one point and people just think it's Doctor Strange. I don't know. I mean, I, this is just super exciting. You know, I, I don't have much in terms of critique like I kind of did for the Eternals trailer. You know, I think this is just, this is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to see what they do. I think it's going to be a huge jumping off point for the next phase of the MCU in terms of multiverse stuff. You know, does what Doctor Strange does with this spell you know, does it break more than just Spider-Man's world? Probably it does, right? And if they can't fix it in this movie, they're going to have to spend multiple movies fixing it. Spoiler alert, I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, who is Doctor Strange? Of, of course, the question you hear all the time these days is, is it Mephisto? Because everything apparently can be Mephisto. I don't know much about Mephisto, but apparently everyone can be Mephisto. I think he could be a scroll. Throwing that one out there. Scrolls be everywhere, you know? But I, Tactic, I'm interested in your theories. You're the you're a comic book expert. Um, so anything you want to level. So this is sort of a, a popular theory that's out there. And that is that Doctor Strange is sort of Nicholas Scratch. Nicholas Scratch is Agatha Harkness's son. And we've already been introduced to her. So it's not really a stretch to say that her and her son have this sort of plot plan within this universe. And in the comic books... Nicholas Scratch has possessed Franklin Richards before, so it's not something that hasn't been done before. And so that would kind of jive with him possessing Doctor Strange and sort of introducing the multiverse of madness. And he would have the power to cast that sort of spell. I mean, we've seen like Agatha Harkness obviously has a lot of power herself. So would that be like passed down to her son? Well, that's that's sort of the beauty of and why I think it's not him impersonating Doctor Strange, but rather possessing Doctor Strange, because now he's kind of tapped into his abilities. Gotcha. And he knows the spells and and has the the background and wherewithal to conduct them. And so that's that's my theory that that I think is a very real possibility. And frankly, it makes sense. So where would Agatha Harkness be though? Like if her son is off doing this, do we even know if she has a son in like the MCU based on what we saw in? you know, WandaVision, like where would Agatha Harkness come into play in this? Do you know? Have any theories? Well, both her and her son are fairly old as far as the timeline goes, considering she came from the Salem witch trials. So yes, she has a son. Yes, it would place them appropriately into the MCU. The question that I still have then that's still out there is, is this happening concurrently with WandaVision? So is she... If she's not there, is she in the village dealing with Wanda and keeping that under wraps? And at what point do those two parallel paths sort of converge into each other? That I do not know yet. I think this is actually Doctor Strange. Like I, I think that the arrogance of Wong leaving saying, don't cast this spell, and he says, I won't, and then he winks at Peter, that's in character. 
that's fully in character. He's, you know, when he was in the original, in his origin story in the movie, he's this arrogant guy. Even, even after he, you know, learns about the cosmic powers that hold the universe together, whatever, he's still this kind of cocky, arrogant guy. That's his, that's kind of the way he does things. So to me, none of this looked fishy. Um, you know, greater comic, comic book lore set aside, I think it might actually be him. Do we see, we don't see them in the trailer, obviously, but are we going to see Toby and Andrew in this movie? I, I, we have to. I'm almost certainly certain that we will. I don't uh, know that we'd see Andrew Garfield. I have a sneaking suspicion that we will see Toby simply because Dr. Octavius's glorious return. Right, but I mean, so in this trailer, a few of the other details, so obviously, like, there's a, a scene of a flash of lightning hitting a police car, and I think that's supposed to hint at the return of Electro, which was Jamie Foxx, who I think was already confirmed to be in this movie, and wasn't Could it he... not also be Shocker? I guess. I, I, I But I totally thought Jamie Foxx was already linked, but I don't know. I could be making this up. It could have come to me in, like, a fever dream. But that would lead me, because that was, like, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Correct. That was news that that he was linked to reprise the role, but until I've I've seen it in like trailer footage, there was a lot of you know, hey, this is going to happen, and the only right. thing that's really confirmed for me is Doctor Octavius. And well, there was a pumpkin bomb too. Look at me, you know, actually looking. Right. I'm usually not the detail oriented person when it comes to trailers. Right, but and, I was and, and, there, and we could have could be we cameo could have situations. Electro and Green Goblin in there, but I'm saying. For it to be the same actor, i.e., that character from that universe, right? It could be I, the Green yeah. Goblin from Tom Holland's universe. That's fair. So that's I why think it could be. Look at Star Wars. Like what they did with Star Wars, where Ewan McGregor kept saying, "Oh, they brought me back to do yada yada." He kept getting connected to the sequel movies. They would bring him back to do some voiceover that you barely hear. These people could be connected. Tobey Maguire might be on screen for one second, or he might not even be on screen at all. You might hear him talking. Like it just. The rumors about who's in what, you can't put much stock in. I'm, I'm certain, I, I believe that. But I don't know. I think we see both of them. I, that, I do that, think that they're building up to that. And that's why, like I said, seeing the same actor as Dr. Octavius, the only one that I can have any sort of a semblance of confidence in is Tobey Maguire. Until we right, I mean, see one of the other actors from one of the other movies, that's it. When he says, hello, Peter, who's, is he talking to Tom Holland or is he talking to Tobey Maguire? Because you don't know. They make it seem like, like it's Tom Holland, but it would be weird I feel like that's going to be a head fake. I feel like yeah. that's got to be Toby Maguire's Peter Parker because, I mean... He's not going to know Tom Holland as Peter Parker exactly. unless he has... But he might... He's a scientist, too. He might also have some greater knowledge of the multiverse and know that this is the other Peter. It's, no, it's hard it's, to say. It's Peter. He's he's speaking to Tobes, 100%. We're going to talk about Tobes a little later. Like, it's nice to see you again. And he wouldn't yeah. be seeing Tom Holland again. He'd be Plus, seeing him for the first time. Remember what the original intent of the spell was. It was for everyone to forget who he is. So there's no reason that that he would just all of a sudden be the only one who remembers. Everyone would have to forget that Tom Holland is Spider-Man. And thus, the only thing that makes sense is that Dr. Octavius recognizes Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Which, by the way, I I don't love that premise in the sense of like, when he's like, oh, can't like Aunt May and like my best friend and Mary Jane, like I want them to keep knowing that I'm Spider-Man. It's like, just have them do the spell and then tell them after 
Yeah, like just like, tell them whatever, after the man. fact. Like it doesn't make a difference. If you want them to know, then just retell them. It's like not a big deal. That was I, I don't know. Maybe they'll address that in the actual movie. But that was like one nitpick that I had. Do we have a release date for this for this yet? I think we do. December seventeenth, twenty twenty one is what I have here. Christmas time movie. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, let us know what your theories are. I already mentioned our Twitter handles in the front half of the episode. This could be a big one, folks. We're going to talk about Spider-Man more later for the quiz. But before we do that, real quick, we need to get into what we've been up to. And I'm going to start because I have two recommendations, one movie and one television show. Uh, the movie is an oldie. I believe it's 2013 that it came out. It's a romantic comedy called What If? Starring... Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Yeah. And Ad- Adam Driver as the funny best friend. And then a bunch of other people that I don't really know. But um, this was a movie that I turned on on a whim on a Thursday night with a glass of wine by myself. And I had the best time. I- I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. Don't get me wrong. It's an easy genre for me. If you go in with the right mindset, you're going to have a good time. This was very sharply written. Got good reviews and for good reason. It slipped under my radar for whatever reason at the time. But this is free on Amazon Prime can't recommend it enough yeah no further details it's great i won't spoil anything although it's pretty formulaic just you should go watch it on a totally different note i've i've definitely recommended trashy reality television on this podcast before and why stop now but this is next level stuff guys i've talked about love is blind on the podcast i'm sure i've talked about other stuff this show is literally called it's on hbo max it's called f boy island oh no you didn't f boy you know can i say the, the word that it stands for Go or is that fuck boy fuck but they it's so annoying they don't call it fuck boy island and they call like okay so here's the premise there's three women on an island they're of course all hot there are 24 men who go on the island with them 12 of them are quote-unquote nice guys and 12 of them are self-proclaimed quote-unquote f-boys and they call themselves f-boys and everyone calls when they say fuck boy, they say F boy, which is super annoying because they're on HBO. And they How do you know the nice guys aren't F boys? Because they sell, the fuck boys are self-proclaimed fuck boys. So are the, the nice guys, guys self-proclaimed nice guys? Yeah, they're like, I'm nice. I don't think um, I've ever met a nice guy that, that has to claim that they're a nice guy. Well, listen, I it never sounds like the entire island is filled with fuck boys. Uh, there is some kind of monetary component to this where like if you make it to the end, you get like $100,000 or something. I don't even know what the what the goal is yeah what is making it to the end only sleep with like six of them well they there's three women and they eliminate three men each week and they're basically trying to eliminate the fuck boys but also like not really because some of the fuck boys are hot and they like hot guys it is next level trashy television like i've recommended trashy television on this podcast before but this is maybe a bridge too far a lot of you may lose respect for me if you watch this but (laughs) hey there was probably a little respect to begin with. So I would recommend trying it out. Yeah, it's very fun if that's your kind of thing. For you now. If this is your kind of thing, wow. you're going to love it. I'm just going to breeze right past that. I'm not even, <laughs> even going to dignify it with a response. It's so trashy, but it's also so fun. If you're, if, again, it, like the romantic comedy in a sense, if you go in with the right mindset, it's just silly and honestly like pretty well produced. So I don't know. Give it a shot if it's your cup of tea. Those are my recommendations this week. That's what I've been up to besides, you know, moving and all the stuff that comes with that. Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us? All right. So 
One of, I have two things that I want to talk about, a movie and a TV show. So the TV show that I want to cover is The Chair. This is a six episode. Each episode is 30 minutes. I just heard about this. Someone just told me to watch this. Yeah, Yeah, this was really good. It came out on Netflix very recently. All six episodes are out. Unclear if there's going to be another season, but the six episodes, like that's the self-contained season. Uh, it stars Sandra Oh, who becomes the chair, the first woman chair of an English department at a Ivy League type school. And, you know, there's a big cast here. Besides Sandra Oh, you have Helen Taylor, Jay Duplass. Um, there's David Morse, you know, just a really good cast here, a good ensemble show. And she basically, there's a lot of different things addressed in this very short show. And I was actually impressed how it was able to, you know, win me over on all of these characters in such a short amount of time and made me care very deeply about what was going on in each of their lives. And the characters are very complex. They face a lot of different issues, especially at this university. One of the biggest things that this show tries to tackle is like how you know, how the academic field is kind of burdened by the issues of ageist institutionalism, you know, not growing and advancing fields into the future because, you know, you're kind of caught up in the past, but also things like, you know, sexism, uh, what it's like to be a person of color and marginalized, basically focusing on a lot of like marginalized persons issues on a college campus. And, you know, this show, it's, It's considered a drama, but I would say it's more of a dramedy. You know, the cast is able to carry very heartfelt, but also comedic moments very well. I think the role was, I believe it was actually written with Sandra Oh in mind. And you can tell, like Sandra Oh kills it. I mean, I think she's a stunning talent as an actor. And she manages to have these really kind of like deep emotional moments but also deliver one-liners at the drop of a hat that just make you chuckle especially if you've gone through the academic life like we have like we right in the show like we've all at least tried to get into the academic research field and how difficult and kind of dodgy that's it's not for the faint of heart right put it that way and there are there's a lot of red tape everywhere a lot of politics and academia and somehow in you know, a very short amount of time, just three hours of time, this show manages to kind of capture a lot of that. So I was very so impressed. It's with six the show. half hour episodes? Yep, that's all it is. Wow, it's low commitment. Yeah, it's super low commitment. I definitely recommend it. Like I said, I'm I was very sad that it was only six episodes. That's the only negative thing I really have to say about it. So I'm a big there. fan of uh David Morse, by the way. Hearing you mention him, that dude, everyone's sleeping on David Morse. Underrated. I mean, the entire cast here, like, you just, you got to watch it. I 100% recommend it. I feel like you, especially Illegal, you will love it. And I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this when you do get around to it. The you know, This this is going to be a recommendation of yours that I actually follow through on. I have a feeling. I'm so, so excited for this. Yeah, good. Maybe get, I'll get, get one. <laughs> right, um, we'll see. And then the movie that we watched was a movie called Tumble Down. This is an older movie. It's on Hulu. And the reason we picked it is because Jason Sudeikis is in it. And, you know, coming off the heels of watching Ted Lasso, we were like, Mm. let's watch more. And this is kind of a rom, I hesitate to call it a com, rom dramedy, I think. And essentially, so the, the movie's premise is that 
a widow of a famous, kind of famous musician. He was up and coming. He has a hiking incident and passes. And the widow, you know, for two years has kind of hold herself away. And Jason Sudeikis is a professor at a college, very academic things that we've been watching lately. Um, but he wants to write a book about her husband and, you know, his music and his life. And so he comes to find her and kind of harasses her a little bit until she agrees to co-write a book with him. And just, you know, how they're able to connect with each other uh, over, you know, the little things that they enjoy together, but also like her husband's memories and legacy. And so I, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to spoil it. But it was, it wasn't super feel good, but it also wasn't feel bad. It was just kind of like a, a slice just of feel. life dramedy. Yeah, it was just like a feel, you know, it was it was very kind of wholesome in a way that Jason Sudeikis delivers very well. So if you're into a movie that, you know, you don't necessarily feel good about it, but you don't feel bad and it's very slightly kind of uplifting, maybe I would definitely maybe try to give it a shot if you're in the right headspace. Definitely maybe give it a shot, y'all. You heard it here first. But really just stick to Ted Lasso. Mm, Ted Lasso. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it definitely, it does not deliver Ted Lasso feels, unfortunately. Ted Lasso is Few a shows of could. its own. Yeah. Yeah. Tactic, what do you have? So, Nerd Bomber graciously left out a movie we watched. And because it's probably the thing that I'm most excited for for this past weekend. So, we've had some unseasonably warm nights and so we decided to have ourselves a projector movie night. Over the years, we have been slowly gathering pieces and parts to have a pretty nice projector system. Our screen is made of a, of a large white tarp that's hung on our shed. Um, our projector has an HDMI output that then adapts to the phone input, and then you mirror your screen. And then you just download a Hulu, whatever you want, movie, episode, whatever Hulu has available, and you're good to go. And so I'm very excited about our setup because, like I said, it's this, been this thing that we've been sort of tweaking and, and modifying as time progresses. And so with this setup, we watched Logan Lucky. It's been out Logan for Lucky is awesome. quite what a, a great few movie. years now, and uh, we just haven't watched it. And it was available on Hulu as one of the downloadable options. So we watched it, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's got Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, Chatham Tatum, and it is about a bunch, basically a bunch of hillbillies trying to rob a raceway. And it's awesome. It's just, it's just a fantastic movie. It's, it's a, it's a feel good because I don't want to spoil it, but it is right, right. Um, and just also, Roy from The Office is in it, and Joey Potter (laughs) from Dawson's Creek. There's yeah, so this is by the same guy that directed and maybe wrote Ocean's Eleven. It's it's Redneck Ocean's Eleven. Like if you've seen Ocean's Eleven and you liked Ocean's Eleven, you're gonna love this. And it's funny, I've, it's, it's I've watched this movie a few times. Yeah. This is for a while this was one of the first movies that my now fiance and I saw together, and after we watched it for a little while we would both go because uh, there's there's that one scene where they're at like the, the festival thing or whatever, and the one guy's like, I've read about it on the Google. I know all the Twitters, you know, there's like, there's all these like great lines, like when, um, their safe word is cauliflower, cauliflower, <laughs> Remember when he, when he throws the phone. Oh gosh, that movie's so good guys. Everyone should go watch. That's the best recommendation out of all the recommendations. Go watch that movie. It's free on Hulu. It's so much fun. Daniel Craig is amazing. Ah, oh. 
And it's downloadable, and, uh, so you can mirror it on your phone to your projector and put your phone in airplane yeah. mode so it doesn't get interrupted. Oh, it's a brilliant idea. Go watch a movie outside and make that movie Logan Lucky. 100% endorse that. Well, great. A lot of movies, a lot of shows this week for us. We're all screen junkies, I guess. But now we can talk more about Spider-Man because that is the quiz topic for today. I have put together five questions and a tiebreaker on all things Spider-Man. And I've tried to kind of sweep over, you'll see, a a wide variety of media because Spider-Man is pretty pervasive in all forms of media. So we'll dive right into it, starting with one of my favorite games ever, the 2018 PS4 game called Marvel Spider-Man. How many copies of this game have been sold? And uh, we'll start with Nerd Bomber. We'll give her, we'll, we'll give Tactic a sporting chance as always. This was like a bestseller. Oh boy. I'm going to say 250 million copies. I feel like I've seen that number somewhere. I feel like that was a really good guess, but it was ever so slightly a bust. So I'm going to say 20 copies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ever so slightly, meaning quite a bit, 13.2 million uh, so okay. Tactic takes the point here. Now, Nerdbomber, you were correct. This is the sixth best-selling PS4 game of all time. But there are 330 million people in America. Yeah, you're but saying I, that I guess I thought around the world, you know. You're saying I, that like 80% of people <laughs> in America. I guess, oh, around the world, sure, you could normalize it a little bit. But that's still, that's a lot. And hey, Tactic, people buy it twice sometimes. You know, you buy yeah, the digital your, edition, you buy the physical are edition. Are those global sales or... I, it's it's Wikipedia sales. That's what I can tell you. Uh, I believe it's global, but I'm not positive. Either way, Tactic takes the point. Uh, so he's on the board early. Let's talk about the comic book. That's, of course, where Spider-Man started. When did he first appear in comics? This was in Amazing Fantasy number 15, if that gives you any sort of help. Uh, I'm looking for a month and a year. Let's just do the year. And if we need to do months, we'll do months. 1976. And Nerd Bomber. I feel like it's earlier than that, and I don't want to bust. Um, I'm going to say 1920. Uh, you get the point. August 1962 is what we were looking for. Tactic technically closer, but he, he bust a Rooney. So uh, we are looking at a tie game here. Later ones to like against like the human torch in them. Tie game going into question three. Of course, uh, my well known love on the podcast, Toby, Toby McGuire. It's Toby time. The next two questions are about Toby Maguire. I'm not sorry at all. Uh, of course, Toby Maguire came out, uh, starred in really the first commercially successful Spider-Man movie. Uh, when did that come out? Again, looking for a year, although you can also give an exact date if you like. And now we're back to Nerd Bomber going first here. I think this was 2001. I'm trying to date it back because I remember the Nickelback song came out. There's a hero to save us. Or whatever. I think that might have been the second movie, but that was an absolutely was bone-chilling rendition he just gave. <laughs> I, I don't remember. It, it could be the first one. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you say it. Hate you can't take that, that guess because that was such a good guess. And this isn't even the plus one because I wanted to guess 2002 because I distinctly uh. remember leaving the theater with my father, watching the the, the spider CGI man. effects <laughs> all over all over the credits, and I was just like, man. So I'm going to go with 2002. May third. 2002 damn it tactic is on fire right now and by that i mean he has two questions correct out of three (laughs) so doing great so far tactic is ahead next question also about my guy toby mcguire how old was toby mcguire when this movie was released and so you know what what year it was released if you know when toby mcguire was born or how old he is 
You can back this out. I thought he was 26. I think that's right on the nose. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm going to say 19 just to give myself some buffer, but I think he really got this right because I was going to say 26. He was 26, guys. That's that's amazing. How did you know that? There's collusion here. There's definitely, there's got to be collusion. He got two answers exactly two, right. Two exactly correct answers. I mean, he's supposed to be a high schooler in this movie and he's clearly not. That's the biggest hint. It's like, oh, wow, he's really... I know bad. that because I've researched what would it take for me to be in the MCU. And I'm not, oh, okay. I'm not ashamed about this knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, well, look, technically, I've... Robert Downey Jr. was older when he made his debut. Right, but like... But Technic wants to be Spider-Man or be nothing. Like there's, <laughs> there's a lot more like opportunity for young younger heroes entering than bankable it is, stars like, older ones yeah like at this point the avengers aren't going to pass the torch to someone equally as geriatric right Thanks well, we'll, for that well, well look we'll, i had five questions here so tactic takes it home we'll finish out here uh because i want to do the last question because it's really interesting to me i mentioned we're going to f- we're going to do a couple of different forms of media spider-man turn off the dark is a Broadway production. You may remember this was like, I think back in like 2013, 2014. Most expensive Broadway project in history still to this day. What was the budget? I'm going to give it a $10 million budget. No, oh, that's way expensive for Broadway. I'm going to call it 100000 because I know that she busted. 100000 is what they spent on catering. $75 million. What? Dollars. Broadway ain't <laughs> what cheap. Did you, what did you guess? Broadway's not million. cheap. Yeah. Think about all of like the the props and special effects that they can't do with like CGI. You have to do that on stage and well, all also, the lighting and paying the I didn't, people. I didn't know this, but Bono and Edge wrote the music. They Seriously? Paid a lot. Yeah. I didn't know that until I, I was like Googling around to make this quiz, which is, I was, yeah, I was like, what the heck? It's crazy. And then did they like Spidey sense it onto all of our iPhones? Uh, if only. That was a joke because, you know, the U2 album that literally could not be deleted. Age of Innocence, I think is what it was called. Yeah, I don't know. I I might actually look up this musical and like listen to the soundtrack because like I'll know what's going on. Like when I'm listening to it, unlike other musicals where like if I haven't seen the show and I listen to it, it's like, I don't know what's what's happening here. But it's probably pretty easy to track with something like Spider-Man. So Tactic takes it home. My my tiebreaker question was going to be about Miles Morales when he first appeared, which was in August 2011 in Ultimate Fallout number four. But the real story here is that Tactic is now at seven and nine, and Nerd Bomber is at nine and seven. So I don't like this. Things I only are tightening up here. A few months to hold him off. I am at thirteen and two. Yeah, I'm still pretty well ahead. But uh, there's there's you know the year is still kind of young. I mean it's not young, but it's in its adolescence. So there's still time tactic and there's still time nerd bomber one of you is going to have to separate immediately or not immediately eventually so something for the listeners to look forward to i suppose among many other things we want to thank you all so much for joining us we hope you enjoyed listening to us chat about gamescom and about spider-man and about various things and sundry that we've been watching hopefully you will leave us a review on apple Podcasts. tell us how good or how bad we are Hit us up on Twitter at the handles I already mentioned and uh, get out there and find a construction worker. They're, they're everywhere these days. It's summertime. There's road work being done in every corner of America. Go find one of the guys holding the sign telling you whether to stop or go and just shout out the window to him. Online Warriors podcast. Don't even give any other context. Just say that and it'll all be okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.